This is an Ion Annapolis bonus podcast. Hello? Hey, Paul. It's Tim Hamilton calling from Annapolis. How are you doing today? Good enough. How about you? Uh, each day better than the last, you know? There you go. Not really. Well, you can't keep that run going. No, it's a lot of pressure. So I just sink yeah. into a depression and stay there because the highs aren't that high and the lows, you know, you're just used to them. But it's the holiday season, so I'm going to try and pick it up a little bit. Yeah. I had a friend when I first started in comedy in Boston years ago. Really brilliant comic, by the way. Who was it? His name was Mike Donovan. I know Mike Donovan. And uh, he never left Boston. Nope. Um, and uh, he's really brilliant. And uh, I would see him in the, you know, in the clubs, and uh, he was... He was always very depressed, and I would and I would say, hey, "Hey, Mike, how you doing?" He'd go, "I just want to be a five. I don't want to be a one. I don't want to be a ten. I just want to be a five. The secret is to keep everything manageable. Just keep, you know, a five. You're not going to disappoint yourself. You know, that's kind of uh, that's the stratosphere at that point. I respect yeah. that. You know, I'm not sure if Mike ever achieved his five. I haven't talked to him in many years, uh, but uh, I know he's still around, still Den- doing his thing. Dennis Leary, who's another Boston comic, he said this years sure. ago. He said, uh, he goes, happiness is bullshit. He said, no one's happy. You have pockets of happiness, like, you know, a cigarette, you know, talking to a friend, going out. He goes, you have pockets of, of happiness. Just be, be fine with that. And I thought, okay, well, that's kind of the management of that whole emotional roller coaster as well. Yeah, I think that's probably true. In fact, when all this happened with, uh, you know, the, I don't know, the virus and the the rise of white supremacy, it's just <laughs> unthinkable, unthinkable, God-awful things um, that haven't even played themselves all the way out and clearly are not on a good trajectory. Um, you know, at first I was really depressed and, uh, you know, I'm not sure that I'm still not, but I did start <laughs> saying to myself, like, where the idea that, you know, that life was supposed to be sort of easy. Like, where does that come from? I think probably television and movies more than anything. I guess, but um, I have friends who say that just, you know, they'll, they'll get on the high horse. They say, you know, 150 years ago, you know, you had settlers and they were, you know, eight of their kids would die on their way out to the Oregon Trail and, and you know, they're being pursued yeah. by, and I'm like, yeah, but they didn't have a Twitter with like their president yelling at them every day. So, I mean, it's all relative. Yeah. I always, uh, I always, whenever there's young people in my audience, I say to them, you know, you have no idea what my generation has been through. We had three television channels that you had to get up to change. I just want them to understand the difficulty. Yeah. You know, I, I have a podcast called Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. And part of the podcast, um, and it really, I still, it's this book club and the book club, it's sometimes we do it good and, and sometimes we could use some improvement, but, um, the, Really, the reason I had this idea for doing a book club was it was just sort of a way to generate a conversation, just another way of of uh, just the premise, uh, con- c- c- right? Content. It's not that you really. I mean, we are reading the books, um, but it's love. not that we really need to. Yeah, we did. The first <laughs> one was Moby Dick. <laughs> then it was Eat, Pray, Love. And um, it's not that we really need to analyze the book, which we sometimes get carried away with ourselves and forget that we don't really need to analyze the book. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so we we opened up the choice about what the next book was to be um, to uh, the listeners uh, via Facebook uh, or email or something. I don't know. I wasn't in charge of it. Um, but the listeners that participated in the choice overwhelmingly chose, of all things, Fight Club. Now, I have never seen the movie and I had never read the book and I've been listening to the book. And 
human beings are just miserable fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Well, the, the, move, the movie's I, very nihilistic, but I mean, it's, I, I'd like to say I read the book, but I didn't. You know, I read, but but I couldn't imagine plowing through a book of that. To be honest with you, that's why well, they had I'm movies. I'm intrigued by it. I have to say, the, the reader is really good. <laughs> but you know, when I first started listening, so last night um, we did we taped. The episode wherein we were talking about the first five chapters, and I was like, you know what? It's the male version of Eat, Pray, Love. <laughs> okay, and, you know, it's all it's this indulgence into one's misery, and and um, you know, in the case, I'm sure that more things happen perhaps than what happened in Eat, Pray, Love, but there is just this thing, like you know, oh, isn't that too bad? <laughs> it's like Shirley Valentine back in the '80s. You know, that that movie it was the same sort of thing. Or the the, oh, the movie remember. with Diane Lane where she goes to Tuscany or something. I don't know, but yeah, your podcast is great, by the way. I, you know, I, I started listening. Oh, that's very sweet. You Thank and you. I, you and I talk every December, and I missed you last December. And I know, to you, you do these podcasts all the time, but you're a big deal here. You know, so we, we love talking to you. And I missed you last. Well, that's very December. nice to hear. Well, I love um, coming to Annapolis. Annapolis, yeah, it's a. Uh, it's an annual pilgrimage, except for last year. And, yeah, it's just been so fun all these years. I think part of it, very much like when I work Alexandria, is that I say um, to people in the audience, you know, uh, you know, where are you from? What do you do for a living? And they might say, you know, I'm a teacher, I'm a social worker, I'm a plumber. And <laughs> I like that. <laughs> it, yeah, you get yeah, you get a mix here, you know, especially in Annapolis. Is, you know, we, we have our snooty side, but then, you know, you have your just regular side. And we're a small town, but we pretend we're a small town. But we're in the, you know, we're in the DC Baltimore metro, so we just pretend that we're Mayberry. I wish we got more comics here. We have John Reap coming. Um, we've had some. We, we wanted to have some more comedy, but then we'd get people. It's spectacular. I mean, you sell out every time because you're going to be here on the 18th of December, which is right before Christmas. I like to come when there's a, a thin sheet of ice on the sidewalk, and I might break my neck. That's that's my time. We're not LA, but we don't get weather like that it's not too bad we're on the bay oh, so oh, it's, oh, it's not too I, bad. I actually think it's been i i was there during weather like that and oh, I, yeah. I guess i haven't let it go it was years ago colin quinn came down right before covid hit and he was it was like january and he came in and he was like indignant he goes i drove three hours south and he goes it's supposed to be warmer here and we we're actually colder than new york so he was bitching about that the whole time so we didn't get the memo <laughs> hey, but back to your podcast so i was listening to it the other day and um you have quite the eclectic mix of of guests. You had uh, Fiona Hill, who I'm a big fan of, two days or like last week, and then two weeks before that, or, or that was two weeks ago, and then this week you had an ornithologist talking about crows. Who else did you have here? You had Jane Jane Lynch. You had a gardening expert. You had John Lovett from Pod Save America. I mean, you guys are all over the place, but each time I'm just as captivated by Jane Lynch as I am an ornithologist talking about crows. Oh, that's nice to hear. You know, when I started it. It was not to be a uh, celebrity-driven podcast. I, j I just wanted somebody that was going to come on and tell you information that's, you know, that's, that's helpful to have that's going to come up in your life. And the only reason I started having, like, an actor or, or actress on, because uh, then, then I decided that I would have this section where someone came and helped me learn to audition. And uh, and then I had the added bonus that I write the I write the scene for us. Right. Um, and um, I can't remember. You're singing a song in one a couple episodes ago. It seemed kind oh, of like freestyle yeah, rapping, yeah. except you're singing. 
<laughs> and you do a great um, Bernie I, Sanders impression. I'm going to tell you, I was well, thank you impressed. very much. Or Jackie Mason, I, uh, it was one of them, but I was impressed. Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, it's close, close enough. I think the first one we had was Bill Irwin, um, and of the of the uh, we call it outside the actor's studio, oh, yeah. and he was so good at it, and it was so much fun that after that I was kind of hooked. Um, and so we've had the occasional more. I actually just uh, last night uh, did Jim King. Oh, and wow. um, oh, my God, she you know, I she's on my hero shelf, you know, with right. uh, with Fiona Hill uh, and Fiona Hill was she's amazing. She's awesome. I mean, she's I, I would vote she's for anything. She's so damn she smart. Yeah, me too. I watched every I, bit of her testimony. Yeah, I didn't read the book, but her testimony was just so riveting, and she kept her cool the whole time. It was just amazing to me. I would have snapped well, five think, minutes into it. Oh, I would have too. But the other thing about her that I really appreciated when I was talking to her was she's really not partisan. You know, when people say like, oh, you know, the branches of the government that are supposed to be nonpartisan, blah, 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 blah. And you kind of think, well, maybe. But she really isn't. No, she's not. Um, and she's, yeah. she was like that in her testimony either. I mean, she just was just the facts. Yeah. I, and, and I could, I, I mean, it's not like I tried to goad her into being such, but <laughs> I didn't discover that until I was talking to her. And then I was like, wow, boy, good for her. Um, because I think it also strengthens what she's saying. Yeah. She's unflappable. And you know, it's, we're, we're so politically charged. I'm not, I'm not breaking any new ground here. I mean, I, I was looking at your Twitter and you're, I can tell, you know, I, I always ask, do you do your own Twitter? Do you have someone manage it for you? And obviously you do your own because you know, yeah. you're very political and, and you kind of flirt because, with that in your comedy all the typos. No, <laughs> somebody who was doing that would be fired by now with all those typos. Well, I, I had to quit Twitter because I was just turning into a, a raving lunatic. Just, and I, I was rereading my stuff and I'm like, you're just ranting at this point. So, but I still stalk. Like I, I use our podcast uh, Twitter account just to read and I still get fired up. But it's just everyone, everyone's like all the comics I know who started on there, you know, just trying out some jokes, testing it. Everyone got political just because you, you can't help but get political. And it's just such a, it's, a, it's, I don't smoke anymore. I don't drink. I don't do any of that stuff. I gave all that up, but I'm still hooked on Twitter. That's my worst habit still, although I don't tweet. Well, it is a big, it's interesting. John Favreau from, uh, Pod Save America. Uh, thank you. He started a new, uh, that's about that. All right about social media and and you know i've heard him say stuff before um on pod save america about how much he you know paid attention to twitter and stuff like that my son was an electronics addict mm. very early on and so i am well aware of the wiles of the you know in fact when the whistleblower from facebook came out i said to my assistant i go well we need to put in another phone line um, because I know I'm going to be getting a lot of phone calls of people apologizing to me um, <laughs> because they didn't believe what I was saying when I was telling them about my son's problem. And uh, surely they're going to want to call right, and, and say, and line sorry, up. you were right. Well, yeah. I, I have a teenage daughter and I didn't have a teenage son, too. And you know, he's into like gaming. I, I'm OK with because he's with other boys. But my daughter is just I, I get really, really worried about. It. She's 17 going on 18. And it's just the you know i gotta take her picture 50 different times because she doesn't like your picture or she doesn't and just i, oh, I know yeah. the body issues and it just really scares me i don't know and i'd say i don't know what to do about it but no one knows what to do about it because we're in uncharted waters i, I, yeah. I don't know no we really don't really know what to do me. about it gaming is how my son went down which one um my son oh, gaming uh yeah yeah gaming was really like what uh, you know, it's staying up all night cheating lying to uh, be able to get to use this silly stupid thing dealing 
so that he could uh, go buy stuff when he was forbidden to have stuff. And uh, ultimately, uh, just plain wouldn't go to school anymore. Oh, my God. So he was, I, I mean, he was deep in. That's an obsession. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Right. I don't feel as bad right. right now. It's an addiction. And the difference is, you know, people will talk about, well, it's not like drugs and alcohol. Well, it's very much like drugs and alcohol. You know, addiction is addiction is sure. addiction. But the difference is we don't generally give our child, uh, you know, a glass of uh, alcohol or heroin um, when they're three or four. Yeah, they got to be older but for that. Yeah. I foolishly put him in front of a computer because I thought I was giving him a leg up. They were sold to parents as and educators as educational. Sure. And they're not. And uh, so by the time I, you know. By the time I recognized there was a problem, it was because there was an enormous problem. And uh, and it just went downhill from there. Yeah, you're right. I mean, um, addiction is addiction. I mean, it's, it's all the same thing. It's the same neurotransmitters. It's the same, you know, uh, neural pathways. Except it's, for at least when you're older, you know what the word means. Yeah. You know, whereas when I would say it to him when he was little and it occurs to me that I don't think dang. But, you know, everything in your brain tells you, you know, you must have that thing. He did gymnastics for, for years. Um, but before the coach was always saying to, to him and the other boys, you know, focus, focus, focus. Right. And, uh, you know, he'd already been in gymnastics. For, and we were on our way to a meet one day. And I, maybe it was his first one, actually. And I said to him, uh, I said, you know, don't worry about it. I said, you, you, you know, you go and, and you do your best. And 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 have fun and stay focused. And he said, "What does focus mean?" <laughs> and I I really had to laugh at myself because I can't tell you how many times that kid had been told to focus by that point in his life, and it never really occurred to anybody to explain to him what the word meant. And I imagine the same was the case for I mean, because he started gymnastics when he was like three or four, <laughs> <laughs> so like, oh yeah. I guess maybe they would. I had a roommate that had kids when uh, uh, many many years ago, and I remember that I would say to the to, to her kid, I would say, "Well, remember when we did the blah blah blah?" I mean, that's a word you would say to your kid, but he was real little at the time. And every time I said it, he would stop and sort of be looking off into space. And I realized later that I'm not sure that he knows what the word "remember" means necessarily, right. but by by mentioning the scene that I'm asking him to remember, he is, in fact, remembering. So he's standing there thinking about that, you know, I will remember when we went to get the candy that time. Well, he's he is, in fact, remembering when we went to get the candy. But he would get the funniest look on his face. I'm like, oh, my gosh, he's like a he's a verb. Are your kids out of the house now? All of them? Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I dream about that. Know, it's uh, it's um, uh, Yeah. Well, during, well, you guys still got the cats. You got like 43 uh, cats. Yeah, right? Well, I have 10 cats and two big dogs. Yeah. You know, parenting. I when, mm. We have a kitten now. No, I meant to ask you that. And so we have three cats and our house smells like a litter box and I, it drives me crazy. Yeah. How do you stop that? Mine you just too. have to accept it. Oh, you have to accept it. I finally accepted it. I mean, I, well, I have 10 cats. I sift Why a do you few have times a day. Why do I have 10? Yeah. Well, I often explain to people that I had 11 and one died. Gotcha. Uh, but it really is the other way around. I I had sixteen, eight died, and then I got two more. Um, they all die at once. I, I like them. They're they're fun. Uh, I, I I you know they're fun. I I ended up getting these two kittens in the spring, 
and uh, yeah, I hadn't gotten too. a new cat in, in years. Um, and the and the herd had uh, had sinned a good deal over the years. So I was down to eight, and uh, my daughter said to me, "It's like you don't have any." Um, <laughs> and I don't know. Somebody reached out to me, their neighbor, you know, their neighbor's cat had had kittens, and they it's just somebody that knew actually, and 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 wrote and said, "Hey, do you you know do you want uh, you know would you want kittens?" And, and and I did, and I really had thought I would never get any more. And I got to say, especially in the midst of the stay-at-home order and the depression of just all that's gone on, yeah. it was joyous. You got to figure at this point, your neighbors are just tossing cats over your fence, going, ah, she'll take care of them. I could have. Yeah, I don't know if I'll do I, I, I don't know. I tell myself I won't do it again. They are, even as kittens, they are pretty goddamn destructive. But my house is now just... Shredded and flawed. Uh, I mean, I have Adirondack chairs in the living room i just gave up on having upholstered <laughs> furniture just beach chairs I've never, I've never owned a couch anyways because i never wanted a couch i just i just gave up i just went okay you guys can have it and uh so i i live in their house basically and i take care of them <laughs> but it's nice for you. the occasional petting i i enjoy that and they're funny you know i got those two kittens uh there's a, a, they're from the same litter one's black and one the uh, i'd be in the black cat would you know they play so fast, uh, so the black cat would like chase the tortoiseshell cat out of the room, and a couple of seconds the tortoiseshell would chase the black cat back into the room, and I'm like, that is a great joke, and I will fall for it every time. Speaking of jokes, I listened to your new album that you just released uh, last month. That was uh, Paula Poundstone goes to college for one night. I gotta say this, gonna kiss your ass for a second. No one does crowd work better than you do. I, I just love listening to your crowd work. I'm looking at the titles of some of the tracks: is a guy in the audience or the woman in the sweatshirt. And it's like, it's, I can tell right away it's crowd work. It's just fantastic. Oh, that's very sweet. Thank you. It, you know, the truth is that that is the audio from an HBO special mm-hmm. from a long time ago. It's that's funny. Right. I listened, to, I listened to it. Um, well, it had never been released. And then we had the opportunity to do that. And so we did. I, th- I can't remember if we edited it. I don't recall. Anymore. There was some reason I needed to listen to it. And what's really funny is I guess I saw the show like a long, long time ago when we were editing the original, when we were doing the original HBO special. But but this was the first time I'd, I'd you know, heard it in a thousand years. And it was really funny because as I was listening, I'd be listening to this conversation. And it's not that I remember the details of the conversation any longer, but I would think of, like, say I asked the sweatshirt girl, a question and I don't really remember what she says anymore, but say she said like, Oh, you know, uh, what class, uh, what's your teacher's uh, name? Yeah. Yeah. If she, if she said something to me, I would think of a joke while I'm listening. I would think of what I should say next. Uh-huh. And then it would turn out that is what I said next. <laughs> so yeah, my instincts are the same. It was just so fast. And at one point, you know, this is the, probably when cell phones were in their, their, uh, their babies. Cause this is probably early two thousands, I guess. And, you called her roommate up on the cell phone, which is hilarious. But I mean, it's just that's that's a risky move in a, in a live show. That could go either way. I was impressed. My son used to call while I was on stage. He didn't do it on purpose. I uh, mean, well, I mean, he called on purpose, but he didn't know where you know where exactly I was in my day because of time zones and things like that. And he was little, right? And I always left the phone on in case there was an emergency. And uh, so I, I, you know, I would answer the phone. And then I would say, uh, I, you know, I talked to him for a couple of seconds while the crowd was waiting. 
And I, you know, I would say it's my son, hold on. And then, uh, and then I would say, do you want the audience to say goodnight to you? And he would say, yes. <laughs> and the whole crowd would say goodnight, Thomasy. So you had comedy clubs raising your children. Nice. Theaters. Theater. Oh, theater. Sorry. No, to our theaters. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I get that. I know you kind of keep us on your list because we're pretty small, but and, and, and I'm glad you do. I think I work four, I might work four clubs in the country anymore and they're all music clubs and uh yeah that uh, uh annapolis is one of them um alexandria is one of them and then uh that's probably the Birchmere. and then a, uh yeah that's a oh great gosh, it, that's a great venue it is a great venue i really love it there um and then there's a couple of them up in maine um that i was just at that's actually. bob marley territory up there yes it is <laughs> yeah um there's a, a lovely a little place where they in fact have music called uh, Jonathan's in Agunquit. And I lucky enough to usually get to go there twice a year. I mean, it's funny because now we really don't know what we're going to do. I mean, if I was just there and it was great and I, and I hope to return, but you know, one of the things that the last couple of years have taught me and it was a rough lesson. It just never occurred to me that something so big and so bad could happen. I just never, um, I mean, maybe it's better not to live a life of, of dread, but, um, you know, thought, well, uh, there's a possibility I led or something. Mm -hmm. Right. And that, you know, I'm, I'm disabled for a little while. Um, but you know, it will be a little while, but this idea that, you know, it's, you know, there can't be theater shows anymore because people will, you know, because it will spread a, 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 you know, a horrible disease. Wow. That one never even occurred to me. Well, especially for comedy shows, because you look, I can work from home. Everyone else can work from home and just pick up, but you're not going to be a at home comic, you know, it just doesn't work. And I know that some comedians tried work. the zoom thing. It, it, just, it just, you can't do it. So I, I knew, I no, know a bunch of comics work. and they were just bouncing off walls for the last year and a half. Not not just because of the money, but just because you know they're they're social animals. They got to be out there. They got to be on stage, and they were dying. You know, but... Yeah, I did a bunch of, uh, you know, I made comedy videos right away when I first came home because again I had no idea. I saw your workout videos. Yeah, I, I did workout videos. I did these. Um, I did uh, Miss Nancy, who was teaching online to uh, first graders. Mm-hmm. Um, I did, uh, I think I might have done one more. Uh, oh, I did a couple of Joan of Arcs. And <laughs> I did, uh, I did a, uh, uh, a Cooking with Rhonda. You know, some of which were were characters that I had done a long time ago. Miss Nancy was, was new. And then the workout video thing um, was new. Um, but I I did those just to cheer people up. I mean, I thought, you know, just I, I, at the time, I thought this was going to go on for maybe a couple of months at the uh, most. Yeah, we all did. And I thought, you know, oh, people are so freaked out. You know, I'll do this to cheer them up. And then it became clear that um, I had no income. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was a bitter pill. <laughs> and I started looking at that bank account. I go, wait a minute. This got yeah. to let up no, soon. The news came with a jolt, I'll tell you. Yeah. I was like, wait, wait a minute. Well, you're so in full tour places, now. You're, I mean, oh my god! Let's see, you're, oh, I'm very, I'm very busy. You're in now, York, you're at York, Pennsylvania, like on Friday, and then you're down in Florida for a few days or like a week, and then you're in Connecticut, back up, then back into California, and then back in <laughs> Iowa. I don't want to tell you your business, but your manager might want to look at a map here and just kind of make it a little more. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, th- we we don't believe in routing. I never <sighs> have. I remember I used to have an agent um, that was, you know, that booked music. 
And he could never understand how I worked. Um, he was always saying, why didn't I go out for six months and then come home for six months? And by the way, that's a horrible idea. Um, but uh, he just did, you know, because <clears throat> if you're booking music, well, they have a van full of equipment, right? Or, you know, <clears throat> so routing is very important to them. Whereas for me, it doesn't matter at all. No, you're not bringing anything uh, with you, so I guess it's easier. It's, yeah, right. I flew home to California one time from Florida hours and then i went back again um because i wanted to see my cats i just wanted to be at home for a little while You're was, bathroom. Uh, yeah i was home i mean i was at my house for two hours and then i had to go back to the airport did you really oh, i couldn't do that yeah. I, I mean if i fly once or once every two months I'm, I'm bitching about it well i was younger then i don't think it hurt my back as much mm. whereas now i now I feel like a, a like an old hinge when I'm on an airplane. I I just I feel like my hips must make a sound now while I'm while I'm sleeping. They they must hear like a. Well, because they crowbar you in there. I'm six three, and it, it just I resent. Oh planes. my gosh, it just drives me crazy. I am not flying anywhere anytime soon. But <laughs> you're going to be out here on Saturday, December eighteenth, and you're doing two shows: six six p.m. and a nine p.m. show on the eighteenth. Yeah. Yeah. For tickets, you go to ramsheadonstage.com, and this always sells out. So you want to move pretty quickly. So I, I, I checked out the website before I gave you a call, and it looks like it's moving pretty quickly. So anyone want to buy tickets, it's ramsheadonstage.com. It's, it's a small place. That's what would you say, Ram, ramsheadonstage.com. It's a small place. So as I say, it will be like seeing Bruce Springsteen in a small place <laughs> in New Jersey, except for it's Maryland and I'm not Bruce Springsteen. But you do do like four or five hour shows. I know that. So it's, that's where it's kind I of do, the same. Do a, I do a, I do a long show. I don't jump the way he does. But you know what they're doing that morning is at 1230. So you're going to want to come in early. It's a, what is it here? It is a, a very merry drag brunch. I, I'm guessing it's like a cabaret sort of thing, but it's a drag bunch. I saw that. Yeah. I thought, how could they do that without me? Well, a lot of Adele and Cher music, I'm guessing. That's I've never been to one, but I, I might do it. Do people do um, Adele now? Do drag queens do Adele? I'd have to think so. I, I mean, huh. I'm not, you know, who doesn't like a good drag show? I mean, I'd, I'd love to go, frankly. But I mean, I'm, I'm just guessing, but I, I bet you I'm right. I mean, Adele just seems right I, up that alley. I, I never thought, I don't think I've ever yeah, I don't think I ever thought about it. Um, I took my kids one time with me at a um, a club that was a a benefit for something in, in Hollywood. And, and they had a guy that was <laughs> – he was a drag guy. Um, but he was singing a duet. It was um, You Don't Send Me Flowers. I love that song. And so he did – Streisand and was it Andy Gibb? No, like, it was um, Neil Diamond. Well, it was so brilliant. It was the one guy doing both, and oh my gosh, it was funny. I imagine he had his face like down the middle, something like that, where he had the, the makeup uh, I can't on one remember. side. But I, what I remember is my kids were like, they mostly, I don't know, they come with me for things, and they could when they were little they they just had no use for most of it but um this year they were so entertained by it it was really funny the guy was great i then we go to it i'm gonna go to your show and I'm, but i'm gonna start off the day with the drag brunch because who wouldn't like that uh, let me know how it goes all right well i'll let you go because i know you're gonna you got to pack for york pennsylvania that's where they make york that's exactly patties, right, by the way yeah and yeah. um three that's near three mile island too so just be careful although i think Ooh. it's fine now 
But again, so you'll be here on December 18th, the first 6 p.m. and a 9 p.m. show. Tickets are available at ramsetonstage.com. And uh, Paul, I can't wait to talk to you next December. This is how I start off my holiday season is talking with you. Well, thanks so much. Great. So we'll see you on the 18th. Thanks, Paula. Great talking to you. Cool. Take care. This has been a bonus podcast from Ion Annapolis. Please visit us at ionanapolis.net. Follow us on Facebook at All Annapolis and on Twitter at Ion Annapolis. And if you haven't subscribed to the Daily News Brief podcast, go for it. And all of your local news will be delivered to your phone, tablet, or smart device by 6 a.m. every Monday through Friday. 